Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rave Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is... Going to do the same thing again year after year? Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Red of Troy Radio, episode three hundred and eighty-one, coming to you on Thursday, September seventeenth. It looks like football is coming back. We're going to talk about the developments of a wild, wild Wednesday in the Pac-12 and so much more around USC football. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Omni Studio. Our bonus episodes are over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Troy at fansite.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC Second What's Brewing Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, Joe, along with my co-host, Alicia Deratol. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. This is quite the um, occasion. Just last week, it looked like football was dead to rights. There are signs of life, signs of the, the Pac-12 coming together as early as like next week to practice football, perhaps on Halloween? I mean, you said, like as 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 last week, wow. signs signs of life were were not there. On Wednesday morning, <laughs> there weren't that many signs of life. the The trip that was Tuesday night to to Wednesday night, which is when we're recording this, was um wild. It was it was to say the least wild, um, bizarre, unexpected, and uh, kind of welcome on my part. Yeah, um, needless to say, the podcast is going to get a little more interesting uh, going forward. You mean we might have reason to record more often than every other week? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. We, we might actually be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, even though we've got bonus content coming your way over on Patreon, uh, we did our first Only Skinnect dedicated episode. Um, and we're also going to do more of that. We have another Only Skinnect coming your way along with a new Takes with Jake that we're recording uh, later this week. So look for that over on Patreon with our pal Jake Merrifield of the What's Bruin Show. Uh, but 
Alicia, so much to get into, so much to talk about. Uh, so let's just take a quick break, come back, and go to the news and get to it, shall we? Let's do it. Let's get straight into talking about the timeline that puts this all together with college football potentially coming back, uh, well, at least Pac-12 football, coming back together for the Trojans to participate in. Uh, September 3rd is really where it all starts. The Pac-12 gets a new testing partner, Quidel. This allows for daily testing with results as quickly as 15 minutes, all within an hour. Machines and tests expected to be delivered by the end of September. This is a uh, a system that I believe the uh, University of Arizona has used. SMU is is, is used. Some, some other schools have. But this is a big development by the Pac-12 coming on the eve of the college football season, uh, you know, in terms of the other conferences that are playing. A big development for a conference in the Pac-12 that has said all the right things up until that point, putting you know, uh, science first, putting the the health of their players first and all those kind of things. And here they are up in the testing exactly what the first step to getting back on the field should be, uh, is something to help fight the pandemic. And there it was September 3rd. Yeah. And this was all in the midst of the big 12 having their back in the, the, the big 10. I'll get that right one time. Having their back and forth about whether or not they the big, were going to... The Big 14. The really. Big 14, yeah, yeah. since it's, you know it's really not 10 to begin with. But they're back and forth uh, about uh, whether or not they were going to come back, watching all the other conferences maybe come back, postpone games, but also come back and blah, blah, blah. And the Pac-12 seemed to be sort of flying under the radar there. And now that we're sort of here at this week, it that that development seems to be the thing that allowed everything that went down on Wednesday to go down. Yeah, because last week you look at the Big Ten and you had coaches like Ryan Day, James Franklin, putting out statements, uh, talking to the media, saying things like, why aren't we playing? Uh, James Franklin being upset that he said that the conference wasn't explaining to players or or to schools why they weren't playing, which... It was all very asinine because they explained very thoroughly exactly they why they why, weren't playing. They knew why they weren't playing. They, that, what they really wanted to know was why aren't we taking the same risks that everyone else is taking? Right. Well, why? Why? Why aren't? Um, why aren't the the Big Ten university presidents as uh, risky when it comes to football as the SEC presidents? But you can't really say that. Uh, the optics of that aren't necessarily um, quite as quite as good as. Demanding that you want to play as a, as a way of rallying around your players. And so the Big Ten gets in the situation where suddenly the, they're having to go through uh, rumors of a revote. The, the rumors come out over the weekend. We see this Saturday. Could it happen Saturday? Could it happen Sunday? Could it happen Monday? Could it happen Tuesday? Keeps getting delayed all the way until Wednesday morning. Um, but on Tuesday, the Pac-12 sort of starts some rumblings here in which... Um, this comes from SC and from SC players, at least. Amon Ross St. Brown and Keaton Slovis lead the charge of an open letter from USC players to California Governor Gavin Newsom. In this, they say, quote, from the onset of this pandemic, the Pac-12 has rightfully and responsibly maintained that their decisions would be based on science 
And now it appears that the science and technology have turned in favor of playing a great message from USC players, I think, in that sense. Kudos on that letter that, that USC's players released because it was very reasoned. It was very mature. It was very yep. respectful. Uh, but it, it, it sort of got down to their point of saying that they wanted to play. Uh, they wanted to do so safely and they appreciate that their schools and that their conference and that uh, their states had been taking a cautious approach. But I think that was the money. The money line there in, in the whole thing was hitting everything. You've done this right. You've done this responsibly. Now that the testing is in place, we've crossed that. We've crossed that threshold. Let's right. go. Yeah, which is which is the move to to, to do, and that, that's the argument to play at least, but at least part of it because in that letter it also goes on to say that you know other schools are playing, uh, and you know I put this on Twitter. SC's argument, really the Pac-12's argument, should not be uh, to you know to um, to to the local governing bodies. It should not be, you know what Clemson's playing, Notre Dame's playing, uh, Alabama's playing. That's not the argument. The argument should be. Like what is preventing you know USC from playing the local ordinances, right? So you need to to make the argument: Why can the Rams play and we can't? Why can the Dodgers play and we can't? Why can the Angels play and we can't? Why can the Chargers and the and the Niners play and and, and Cal and Stanford can't play? Right? Those are the arguments you need to be making. Um, even if we know that that the pro and college games are on different, you know. Levels and and whatnot well, in terms of one being paid professionals and, and, and one not for sure and and uh, we we know that the the bubble in the in the other leagues pro- potentially a little bit tighter but even that's subjective I mean we've talked about it before the only true bubble uh, are the ones that we've seen in the NHL and the NBA um, so you you could. The the argument was was to say, hey, look, it looks like there's some sort of grounds of of hypocrisy when you look at our testing versus theirs. How can it not be on the level to get approved? That should have been the argument from the get go on on in this letter, uh, and I felt like it, if it w- would have been that angle, maybe it would have been a little bit stronger. Either, even though that was Tuesday, um, right after USC does this, Oregon players do the same thing. Uh, they appeal to their governor. Uh, we wake up Wednesday morning, and suddenly the Big Ten announces that they've re- voted and they are returning to play as expected, uh, as people long expected. And it's interesting because we looked at the Big Ten, and you know, for the past month and a half, the last six weeks, the Big Ten has crapped their pants over and over and over again. With <laughs> that's, this, right? that's one way to put it. Yes, You're like <laughs> everything has been awful. That they're they. I think it's been coming out from both ends for the uh, for the yes. Big Ten. They're having some serious, uh, uh, yeah, some serious uh, digestive and and uh, regurgitative uh, problems. Yes, they, they some be. some bad food poisoning over in the uh, in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, either way, they needed to be in lockstep like the Pac-12. The Pac-12 was always in lockstep. The Pac-12, I think, was always always had a good, um, you know, uh, rationale for things. I think the Pac-12 was just completely outclassing the Big Ten in terms of how these conferences were handling these things um, because the Pac-12 didn't look like they were hesitating. The Pac-12 didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing. The Pac-12 didn't look like they weren't all on the same page. The Pac-12 had their crap together and something that you haven't seen in a long time. 
Uh, something no one would have guessed, right? The, this is the conference that uh, isn't making as much money. This is the conference that has and had to lay off all those people from, about the the from the Pac-12 network. It's the conference that in, that can't get a, a TV deal done. No, uh, that can't that that insists on having its headquarters in the most expensive place to have an office space. But in they were the handling country. the pandemic better than anyone else, especially the Big Ten, which we saw in direct competition of yeah. because they were on the same timelines right and it was wild to see that and so you look at this and i'm saying okay if the if football is going to come back it needs to be because of the science that, that allowed you to do that it shouldn't be because ryan day and james franklin got loud and and rowdy about it and just wanted to to revote because of fomo because they because they they were upset about not playing you need to have an actual reason behind it. And so the Big Ten announces that they return to play on Wednesday morning. And what do they do? Suddenly, out of nowhere, they start hyping up their, their new testing regiments. Which they don't have a partner for yet, by the way. Or at least they aren't announcing who the partner is. They yeah. said they're going to announce later on who the... And we know that Trump has said that he was going to get involved. Uh, we don't know the 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 fruits of that labor. We don't like we don't know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the White House is taking credit, but like that's a whole other conversation. Like the Big Ten, at least talking about testing, uh, which shows again the importance of putting testing first. But well, in the, the narrative, Pac-12 has been talking about testing the whole time here. The narrative out of the Big Ten when once they made the announcement was. This is only possible because of the new antigen, because of the antigen testing, the ability to to test daily and to get rapid results. Right. And so, at the very least, as much as the the last month has been a a crap storm for the Big Ten, at least when it came down to brass tacks, like they weren't doing it entirely for the wrong reason. At least they were saying. Uh, th- specifically that that this was only made possible because of the but, testing. But Ryan Day wasn't campaigning about the antigen test. No, absolutely you know? not, absolutely not. But but at the same time, like I, I, you have to give credit to the presidents who voted to cancel the season and then change their votes. Like I don't think that the presidents who changed their votes would have done so lightly. Like the too many of them were were so not. invested in the, it, the the safety uh, the health and safety element of it that there must have been a change of a change of uh, of tone as far as their uh the advisors that they had on the medical side and and all and certainly in the testing side. So at at least they're going into it with the rigorous testing program with a plan to to get things going and in motion in a in a safe a way as possible. Even if I think it was absolute, the timing of this is sparked by FOMO because what they could have done is waited and gone in all in on the spring with uh, with the Pac-12, and they would have had even more time to get this all settled up. But instead, now they're rushing it specifically because of FOMO. Right, one hundred percent, and uh, and at least like I'm I'm sticking to the idea that you know the Pac-12 at least was. Talking about science the whole time and talking about uh, the testing the whole time. Well, now that I agree that the Pac-12 was talking about science and the testing the whole time. Until. But, until you but, the, but the then sport. you get to Wednesday and right. things happen as quickly as they do on Wednesday because FOMO. <laughs> right. For sure. And, and Wednesday happens. And uh, after the Big Ten announces that they're going to return to play, Larry Scott puts out a statement at 745 in the morning. Quote, at this time, the, our universities in California and Oregon do not have approval from state or local public health officials to start contact practice. 
We are hopeful that our new daily testing capability can help satisfy public health approvals in California and Oregon to begin contact practice and competition. Uh, so that's Larry Scott at 7.45 in the morning. Five hours later, 12.45, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom responds as part of a, a press conference. He says, quote, I want to make this a f- crystal clear. Nothing in the state guidelines denies the ability for the Pac-12 to resume. That has been a misrepresentation of the facts. Yeah, and it really confused a lot of people because earlier that day, Larry Scott is sitting there saying that they can't practice because of the state of California. And on Tuesday night, USC's players were saying we can't practice because of the state of California. Like there was a reason they assigned that letter to Gavin Newsom. So then Gavin Newsom turning around and dropping that bit was odd, to say the least. Yeah, and and it's an interesting situation because, you know, Gavin Newsom's got a million different things on his plate. Well, uh, the, the press the, conference... The, the state is on fire. Yeah. There's a, there's a global pandemic, and here is college football's being being thrown at him, which is bizarre in of itself. But um, it, it doesn't help that there's more confusion here, which looks bad for the Pac-12. Well, it looked bad for the Pac-12. It looked bad looked for bad California. For state, yeah. it, it just looked like everybody, like, was... Totally not on the same page, which is not really what you want to see from the people who are in charge of anything, whether it's uh, the government or, you know, a football conference. Right. And lo and behold, less than two hours later, about 2.30, the Oregon governor chimes in uh, and gives Oregon and Oregon State essentially a waiver uh, to be able to participate in their activities. Uh, And they just say that they're just waiting on the Pac-12 to provide... Uh, a procedure of what the new testing capabilities are and how that will affect things going forward and then put the ball back in the Pac-12 score. Yeah, and this was another sort of, eh, like, it was good news for the Pac-12, but not a good look for the Pac-12 because uh, Kate Brown, in her statement, said up to this point, we have received no written operating procedures for approval from the Pac-12 for the upcoming season under the new guidance, and we have no details from the conference about their new rapid testing proposal so they really sort of uh, threw the Pac-12 under the bus there, saying that they hadn't, it, it, they weren't, they weren't the ones holding up uh, the approval right. for for coming back, which I found to be very interesting. Um, to when when you sort of consider that a lot of people have used that as, as for uh, fodder against the Pac-12, like what you're saying that they didn't even go and ask anybody uh, before all this. But the more I thought about it, and I sort of bought into that as well. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized like. I think if you're going to accuse the Pac-12 of anything here, it's that maybe they weren't ambitious enough. But if you're the Pac-12 and you're sitting there going, okay, we have this testing partnership, but the testing apparatus are not going to arrive on campus until the end of September. So they're not there yet. Um, I would understand the Pac-12 sitting back and saying, okay, let's get this stuff ready to go on campus and then we'll approach the government and say, see, look at what we've got going here. Now, I think you could look at the Pac-12 and say, hey, you should have pushed for this earlier. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily going to blame the Pac-12 for maybe biding their time until they had their stuff, their their ducks in a row, when literally California, Oregon, and Washington are on fire. Right. You couldn't be practicing last week anyways because the air quality last week was beyond beyond bad i couldn't go outside to walk to my car 
and and in Southern California, it was not as bad as it was in the Bay Area, and it was not as bad as it was in Oregon. So, you know, it's not like those schools could have been pushing to practice then anyways, let alone they didn't have the testing stuff. So while I think the Pac-12 maybe could have been on board with getting things ready for uh, sort of having conversation with, with those governments... I kind of get why they didn't. Not not trying to give them a pass, but I get it. But but also, as of last week, the timeline was all about the spring anyway. Yeah, but until the big until the Big Ten sort of you know Leroy Jenkins their way into the fall season. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess we can we can press this for that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, twenty one minutes after the Oregon governor. Uh, Puts out a statement, and and Oregon and Oregon State looked like they're on their path to uh, getting back on the football field. Uh, John Wilner posts an article uh, using a California official as a source, saying that the Pac-12 can play games, but they must still adhere to the 12-person groups when practicing. Wilner paraphrases the source by saying, "Quote: Teams can find workarounds to 11-on-11 practices. They can have walkthroughs." They can practice against air. They can use virtual reality and tackle dummies. They can use mental exercises. And this was not the uh, not, not not the best look for the states. Um, not the best look for the conference. Everyone, uh, seemingly on Twitter, was was reacting to this article. See, and this this was the article where I think things perception for myself flipped from man the pac-12 really screwed up here to wait no the state of california is just being dumb uh because the state of california is out there trying to say that they're not the ones that are getting in the way of the pac-12 returning to play right but they actually have this state level ordinance which limits uh teams practicing to 12 man cohorts so you can't practice with more than 12 people in a cohort, and that cohort cannot mingle with other cohorts. So if you have 12 men in that group that is practicing, you can't have six of them be on offense and then them play against a defensive cohort. No, they have to all be in the same thing. And then the worst of it, the absolute mind-blowing, uh, just brain-numbing worst of it was when the the official, the, the source that Wilner had, said that uh, when he got pressed about how, like, well, how can you do, you can't do 11 on 11. He said, well, they can do five on five, which... I mean, it could work for an offensive line, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have to work an offensive line. That's five on five or... Yeah. So your cohort needs to be six offensive linemen and six defensive linemen, and that's the cohort that's working together so Uh, that they can... Potentially, sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just... Something like that. But, But the interesting thing is, this... Posted at 2.51 on Wednesday. 25 minutes later, 3.14, Wilner posts, quote, uh, sources. After speaking to Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, Newsom's office reached out to USC officials. Plan is to fast-track revision to controversial 12-person cohort, Max. That shifts focus to local health and the easier hurdle for the schools. This is big. Um, Which leads to a few questions here. Um, number one, did it take the article to reverse this? Like the the the, the crap storm that was swirling around, for, like everyone here is being minutes? dumb. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a 20, very twenty three minutes. It was a very loud twenty three minutes, Michael. Yes, it was. Uh, wh- 
did it take that? Or is this a situation where, uh, and I'm willing to, to entertain this thought. There's just so many moving parts. Everything is moving so fast today. Um, that this might be one of those things where uh, the the state and and the conference and a lot of people are kind of caught out on things changing rapidly um, and the uh, communication just not being there uh, across all the across everyone, especially when you when you look at it from the state's perspective. Like we mentioned again, again the state is on fire. There's a global pandemic. College football should not be like in the top fifty things of of things that should be. On, on Newsom's desk right now. Yeah, and, and I think that's absolutely what was going on here. You had many different people who have who are juggling a thousand different things, all trying to get on the same page at the same time. And over the course of, you know, an hour or two hours or a few hours, you have different people saying drastically different things because things are changing so quickly and right. not everyone's getting the memo. Like, I, like, I would suspect that the source that Wilner talked to wasn't privy to the conversation between Newsom and Larry Scott that came to the conclusion that, yeah, no, we can deal with this 12 man cohort thing uh, and, and get that you know sealed up for you. Uh, the, the source that Wilner has is sort of left on an island because if they don't have that information, they're going to keep spouting off the same bullcrap that they were, you know, having to, to pair it before. So, yeah, it's just it's just the way that timing works. But. It certainly played out in, you know, in a bit of a whirlwind of, of like stupidity and just news craziness. Yeah, you're looking left, right, up, down the timeline. Everything's changing. Uh, at four o'clock, Larry Scott puts out a statement welcoming return to contact practice and thanking Newsom and Brown for their support. Our California and Oregon universities will now individually and immediately reach out to their relevant county. Public health officials to seek clarification was required to achieve the same clearance to resume contact and competition. We are eager for our student-athletes to have the opportunity to play this season as soon as it can be done safely and in accordance with public health authority approvals. Needless to say, that's that's basically the, 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 the flag of football's coming back. Yeah, well, because the whole time we'd been sort of told that the local officials were going to do as the state bid. Uh, That was the case, not just when it came to college football or college athletics. That's been the narrative across the board, at least, you know, from coming from within Los Angeles, that Los Angeles was going to go as Sacramento went. And so when when the, the USC players are sending the letter to Gavin Newsom, they're doing so because everybody knows that the 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 local LA County is not gonna um, stop USC from playing if the state of California says go ahead. And so it really was that first hurdle that you had to clear and then move on from there to your to your neck to knock down your next uh next boss or whatever. Yeah, and that came an hour and twenty seven minutes later. Heather Dinich at five twenty seven PM of ESPN tweets, uh, a source with knowledge of the discussions told me that with the clearance at the local level in Alicia, <laughs> she, she did it. Okay, Michael, it's a tweet. I Character, know. It doesn't, like... it doesn't excuse the fact she used the four-letter <laughs> word for this beautiful state. Going back to Cali, Cali. Oh Anyways, California, I'm going to add the California in there, <laughs> um, and Oregon... It's possible the Pac-12 can return as soon as late October. 
Uh, late October would put them in line with the Big Ten. The Big Ten's coming back October 24th. Uh, late October could mean the 24th, could mean the 31st. Both of those are Saturdays. An hour and 13 minutes later, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti says he wouldn't oppose a Pac-12 return to play. Uh, and then 31 minutes later after that, USC and UCLA get a green light from the L.A. County, according to John Wilner. Uh, the Pac-12 president said pre-planned a meeting scheduled for Friday, which is the earliest we can expect the conference to decide to move forward with practice slash a season. Uh, so that's how things stand as of Wednesday night. We are recording this on Wednesday night to put up on Thursday. At, at this rate, who the hell knows what's going to happen on Thursday? You might have a full schedule at this point. Uh, by the I, time I mean, Wilner's saying not until Friday, but who, who knows? At the, the speed that things are moving at right now, Michael... Uh, Keaton Slovis could start a game and throw five touchdowns before, you know, before the end of Thursday. That's wow. just, that's just how quick this is all, this is all going. I, I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. It actually really is, though. It is. And yeah. let me tell you why. Um, on sort of Monday, Sunday-ish, I started thinking about, okay, for Randa Troy, how do I need to cover the Big Ten coming back? Because at the time, there was no word out of the Pac-12. So it was like, okay, so the Pac-12 is waiting for local approval. And so when the Big Ten comes back, the sort of narrative around it is going to be, yeah, but the Pac-12 can't. Uh, yeah, but these are these are the reasons why the Pac-12 isn't going to follow the Big Ten here. And so I'm sort of writing that article. And then I'm sort of looking at the timeline, looking at the dates. Well, okay, how late can the Pac-12 start? before they sort of put themselves out of the picture for the reason everyone is playing this fall, which is to be part of the college football playoff. And the college football playoff, the selection for that is going to take place on uh, December 20th. So you're sort of, you, you have a limited number of weeks to work with. And what ends up sort of getting looked at is Heather Dinich is reporting uh, earlier that uh, that you know they're they're targeting a mid-November start, and I was looking at the mid-November start, going like, yeah, nah, that's not gonna do it. Yeah, you, you're you're basically just gonna play a season for this for playing a season's sake, uh, not seriously. You're basically playing exhibition games because by that time you're too late to get in line with the with the rest of uh with the rest of college football, and by that time you've hurt your brand so much that uh, you might as well play in the spring with the Mountain West. But there was this possibility that if the testing stuff came through and they were able to get the approval from the local officials, well, what's the timeline there? And I had sort of calculated, well, if they start practicing on September 28th, sort of a, a Monday, uh, two weeks from now, then and they were willing to contract their six-week ramp up a little bit. When you told me this this timeline of yours, I'm like... What? It's not going to happen, right? What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, because the timeline was kind of dumb. Like, I was like, okay, if they start practicing on September 28th, then they can get, like, five weeks of practice in, and it's not quite the six weeks they want, but it's still enough. You know what this is? This is, this is me, like, well, Mom, if I can... If I can do uh, the tra- if I can take out the trash uh, uh, once a week and bring it in another once a week, and I- if I clean my room four times, and if I do this, uh, will you buy the new PlayStation Five for me? Like, yeah, 
this is that's like, no, that it was bargaining right? to a de- to a large yes. degree. One hundred percent. But I figured it out, and I found out. I figured out it was doable. It was doable to do an eight game conference schedule, and, and then I have a ninth game that was uh, that was a, a, a Pac twelve championship game. But it felt very, very far out of reach. Like I published this article on Randotroy.com on Wednesday morning, thinking this is dumb. This is never going to happen. I'm going to publish it because. This is as close as I can get to USC and the Pac-12 being involved in the college football playoff. Uh, but it's never going to happen. USC is going to come back in mid-November, whatever. It's just going to be a thing. And then all this stuff happens. And then Heather Dinich comes out. And then John Wilner starts talking about how like the, the, the Halloween start is looking more and more likely. Now, still, personally, I think that if, if the Pac-12 doesn't start by October 24th, they literally have zero chance of getting in the Pac- into the college football playoff do they have a very good chance of getting into the college football playoff even if they were start to start this week no not really because i don't think oregon or usc are really at the level of the bamas and clemsons and ohio states and oklahomas of the world pessimistic alicia is out in full force (laughs) and uh and, and all that but like if 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 one of those teams were able to go undefeated and put themselves in the conversation I am convinced that they have to play, they have to have played at least eight games to be able to stand next to those other teams and have a shot of getting into the college football playoff. I still don't know that that's possible at this point. Unless the college football playoff is willing to... Why eight games? Because then you can say you're doing an eight-game conference schedule, which is what the SEC does every year. I I hear you. I, I I get your logic behind it. The other thing too is this is also 2020. We don't even know if the SEC is going to play six games. Well, I mean, that's the thing is nobody knows anything at this point. Like, but like the other thing is like the virus could could kick up in November and nobody gets through any. Like I don't know that. Well, but at that, that there's, point, there's no number of games that I think is. De- and, and this how is, funny would it be? How like literally? How funny would it be if? The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, their testing is so good that they are able to make it clean through their eight weeks or nine weeks, whatever it is. And then, like, by mid-October, the SEC has had to cancel, you know, each team has had to cancel three games because madness. And I don't think that'll happen, but, like, I... I think it would be very funny if that were the case. And all of a sudden, you've got a you've got a, a nine win. Yeah. You got a nine win Ohio State and a nine win USC, and you've got like Bama and the SEC with only six wins. And you're like, well, what do you want now? But, but this is a, I I hate I, I can't stand every off season. People go, well, what is it going to take to get a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff? Do they have to go twelve and zero? No one knows. The college football season is different every year. Sometimes you got to go undefeated. Sometimes you can be a one-loss team. Heck, in 2007, you can be a two-loss team and still win a national title. Mm, like I, My I'm, pushback on this is you can't be a two-loss team in the Pac-12. I, I, you're, you're missing, you can never be a two-loss team in the Pac-12. You're missing the point here. <laughs> the point here is like, People have this argument as if there's one specific answer that is true in all cases. Okay, yeah, but and that's absolute like but, garbage. But I'm not saying like absolutely it comes I, I down know, to. I know, I know. What I know, I'm saying is that the most likely scenario is that whoever, if a Pac-12 team gets into the college football playoff, the most likely scenario is that they will have done so by being undefeated. But 
and anything less, they're the last ones on the totem pole. But but a, an undefeated, impressive Oregon at seven and zero is not nearly as impressive as as a team that's eight and like. No, I think a seven and zero Oregon doesn't get in over an eight and one Bama. But an eight an eight and zero Oregon does. Like it's it's an arbitrary. No, I think an eight and zero Oregon also has a big problem with an eight and one Bama. That's that's what I'm saying. The 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 hopes were slim to begin with. Sure, but I just like these these. I I understand what you're saying here. I, I'm just saying that. Okay, here's like, my other. Okay, 2020 to, is completely. To, is this a di- is this a different? Here, try this on for size. All right. If the Pac-12 wants to crown a legitimate champion, how many games do you think they need to play? Five. I disagree. Okay, I think you, I think you have to play five in your division and then win the conference title game. Yeah, that's five. That's five plus one. Correct. Well, that's six. You have to win six games. Yeah, but it's a five-game schedule, right? With a conference title yes. game. Yeah. Yeah. You play everyone in your division and then you win the conference. Because it, if you're the Pac-12, is that the way you do it? Or is that a danger? Because don't you want SC and Oregon to play? Um, I guess the, if you if you know it, they're going to get into more title likely game to, to, to play in the, the title game, yeah. Well, because this was the plan that I was proposing I, I for the spring, wasn't it? Like, right. do your five division games and then and then do the, uh, the big. You know what the Big Ten is doing? Exactly what I said the Pac-12 should do in the spring. They're doing their conference title game, and on that same weekend, they're having two v two, three v three, four v four, five v five, six v six from their division, so that they all play another game as well. So it's a good idea. I think the the interesting thing is, you know, um, I, you you look at the the schedule and what it could be. Um, I I think you have to have the most games possible, whatever number that is. That's what you do. It's what you, it's what you go for. Uh, the interesting thing is, we we saw that schedule before they put out the ten game schedule, and there was a couple of bye weeks. Uh, there was the the plan that if things needed to be rescheduled, they could do that and all that stuff. I'm guessing they're going to want to do something along those lines again. I disagree. Not not that I disagree, but I, I think it's a different parameter here because if the testing... Because of the testing? If the testing is as good as they say it is, and according to the John Wilner article, it is very good to the point so, of... So here's the thing. The, the testing is going to help prevent spreading. The testing is not going to help prevent catching. You know? Uh, I mean... This is true, but, the, the, but also, the test, no matter what the test is, it's not going to stop a, a, a kid from going home for the weekend uh, and and getting the, okay, the thing. Okay, it's I, agree, gonna, I agree, but, and this is the big, big but that's going to get me into trouble. The Pac-12 has been working out this whole time, and they haven't had any major outbreaks. SC has. SC had to stop practicing It wasn't a weeks. major outbreak, though. I mean, compared to what we've compared seen what at, we've at seen, other yeah, schools, but sure, sure. But it, it, but it was like something. It was... And, and hopefully this testing, you know, makes it to where you don't have to do the contact tracing uh, and and have your numbers bigger. And um, because what, what happens and what we've seen across the country is, um, you know, we saw it at Memphis, right? That Memphis had to cancel a game. Uh, there was a party bus situation that everyone that was on the party bus has to, has to quarantine. Uh, the the hope with with this kind of antigen testing uh, is that they can find out when people are contagious, 
Uh, and you can get the the rapid testing to be able to know when when they have it, when they're, when they're contagious, when when not, all those different things. And you're able but that, to, but that would to be the thing limit is, the, the, the spread of it. But, but right, still, it doesn't but limiting, limit... It, it doesn't what help I'm saying you is, prevent you from getting it. When, it prevents you from, from spreading it right. with the knowledge that you would have. Right, but you're you, not going to have spread from within your team. So if somebody gets it, they'll have gotten it as an individual as opposed to... As opposed to like a teammate giving it to another teammate. Right. So like that's how you're going to limit to the point where then you don't have to have any games Unless that are Unless they give it to a teammate the, the before they get the test. Well, that, you know. so maybe you have, you know, one or two if you right. have. But it's it going to limit the spread. It's not going to prevent. Right. But like we've seen the big, the big tens plan right now is if you have, it's like a threshold of five players at a time that, right. that need to get, uh taken out in order for a game to get canceled. Well, I think they're pretty confident that they're not going to have, uh, they're not doing a bye week. They're not doing any flexibility because there is no time for that. Well, that's the other thing. So, and, and like I said, I think you you put in the most games that you possibly can, um, whatever that number is. If it ends up being six, it's six. If it's five, it's five. At this point, it's something, right? Um, that's, that's, just, that's just what you go for. So... Anyways, we're going to take a quick break, come back and talk about uh, college football coming back, um, Pac-12 coming back, college football in general has been back for a couple of weeks now, uh, but we're going to talk about more here on Retro Radio. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, but before we get into, um, we got we got a voicemail from Scott in Memphis, before we get to that, I... I I, I want to talk about how you feel about the conference coming back, um, how football coming back. Are you are you are you ready? You know, we, we've talked about this before that we want college football more than anything because this is what we live for. This is what um, th- this you guys listening to this. Um, you love college football. We all love college football. This is what we dream of, right? I you know the just hearing the college game day theme. Gives me like insane nostalgia. Um, the, everything about college football is is why why we do this, right? Like we we love the sport. That's no, that's what we want to see more than anything. Um, at the same time, that this is a global pandemic that has uh, made this tough because we've talked about it before. Um, you know the the players having access to these tests and not necessarily. Uh, the local grocery store uh, is is a little uh, one of those things that you just have to kind of accept. But but should we be accepting that as a society kind of thing? And how do you how do you feel at this point? Um, because you've been pretty adamant about um, saying that college football shouldn't be the the most important thing right now, uh, compared to other things, uh, which I certainly agree with. It doesn't mean that we're against college football playing. It means we're against uh, the idea of college football being number one over literally everything else in life, given how crazy 2020 has been. Well, and that's that the 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 difficulty I'm having here is I am extremely excited about USC football coming back. Like I am Wednesday has been an absolute whirlwind and my overriding emotion has been excitement like i can look forward to the next month and think man we're gonna ramp ramp up to to football football's gonna mm-hmm. be back it's gonna be great I've, i'm like i'm super i'm stoked i'm i'm just like i'm giddy with excitement 
at the same time, I have this like dirty feeling because you're right. Like college football shouldn't be taking up the resources that it's taking up. Like Gavin Newsom and his staff in Col- in California, Kate Brown and her staff in, in Oregon shouldn't have had to spend any time on dealing with this rather insignificant element of life. When while, their states are on fire. When their states are on fire. During a global pandemic. During a global pandemic, yeah. Right. Um, I saw a tweet thread that was really sobering about um, about like meat packer meat packers in in Ohio who uh, like don't have adequate testing or PPE or any of that kind of stuff, and a lot of meat packers have died. Uh, there have been major outbreaks at a lot of those uh, fact uh, facilities. And this goes back to like my thing about so like we're putting all these resources into testing football players. Maybe this isn't this isn't the thing. This isn't it. This isn't the thing. Um, but I, I like at the same time, we put a lot of resources into football players that, you know, a lot of people complain about all the money that gets spent on football players as opposed to regular students. So, like, I get it. Uh, I get it. This is something that people do care about and that people do want to make sure comes back. Um, my bigger concern right now is just with the narrative that's going on around college football like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are a joke that are following behind the SEC, the ACC and the and the, and the, uh, the Big 12 right. because they waited this long and they got their antigen testing in place and they, you know allowed caution to rule them initially and acting there's a lot of people who are acting like see look at how great the sec did they're about to play and they didn't they were you know pussy wouldn't run anything or whatever and i just looked at it and go like maybe the sec isn't the one we should be praising at the moment when ed orgeron is talking about how his entire team had covid like from day one my concern has been about community spread and limiting the 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 wider societal impact of this virus I can tell you for certain that 70 some odd football players getting the virus and then interacting with the people in their lives, uh, strangers and and, uh, family members and and all sorts alike, they absolutely contributed to community spread. 1000%. I don't know what the numbers would be, but I guarantee you some of those players passed that virus on to some other people. And some other people pass that virus on to some other people and some other people and some other people. And this is how you end up with a pandemic. So, like, the SEC can beat their chests all they want. The Big 12 can beat their chests all they want because they made it through two weeks of college football. But, like, it's not a good thing that Texas Tech had 75 players test positive. Yeah, I find it really gross, the idea of, well, we've had it. We've got the herd immunity all, like, like, yeah, but it. It's not that it's it's not that simple. Like it's it's it, it, like your herd immunity comes at what cost? Comes at the cost of first of all more people we, we in don't your even community know getting that it? Her, herd immunity even exists. Well, yeah, because this. we don't know if you get if you're if people you are have immune. gotten it twice before. Yeah, <laughs> and so and and then secondly, you you talk about the 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 effects that that go beyond just death, right? You know the the, the long term um, heart and lung yeah, concerns. Like, it's not. It it's and and I know. I can't even I, put it into words, right? Like I, I'm just frustrated because again, I keep going back to 
And I see people all the time talking about how the spring football idea was never going to work. or all the, all the, I still don't know why it couldn't have worked. Like, I don't know. Because tradition. People because tradition. People like, don't want something that, that isn't normal. Yeah. And, and I get that. But I just, I, this victory lap that we're seeing from the other conferences as though they were in the right. Which has which, which, like hardly you, been proven. Like, like you said, if the SEC, uh, you know has their season crash and burn and the big 12, I mean the big 10 and the, and the, and the pac 12 can, can use this new testing to prevent that sort of thing. Then it would give credence the other way. And, and this is why, but that's the problem is but, like, but, I don't want the sec season to crash and burn no, because that would mean succeed. bad, right. bad things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so it's very frustrating for me knowing that I still believe that the pac 12 was in the right here. I still believe that the big 10 was in the right here. But like the 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 victory lapping that's going on is 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 it's kind of disgusting. Like it's right. it's flies in the face of everything that a, that a society should do to try and stop the spread of a pandemic. Right, and we're celebrating it. Yeah, and and that's why like I don't feel completely like uh, I I feel you know mi- there's mixed re- feelings here, right that. I, I don't know that this is ultimately the right thing to do, um, given that the players can't be in a bubble. We can't protect everything and, and, and whatnot. Um, at the same point, I think the te- the advancements in testing are exactly what you want to see. I, I think that if you're going to come back, it's going to be because you made a situation safer than it could have been. And it's going to be safer because the testing will allow them more intel, more knowledge on how to prevent things from spreading. Uh, which is good, and and that's what you should be able to do. If you're going to come back, it should be because of that, not because Ryan Day is mad that he just might not be able to win a national championship this year. Like that's not the reason to come back. Yeah. Testing is the reason to come back, and so I feel like the Pac-12, um, you know, as wild as they, and this is the other thing. I I saw tweets about how uh the the big, so I saw people putting the the Big Ten. Over the Pac-12, just because the last 24 hours, um, yeah. like, like the Pac-12 didn't have their crap together. Like, are you kidding me? The Pac-12 had their crap together for the last six weeks, as everyone commented about how like horrific the, the the PR situation was for the Big Ten because nobody was on the same page. You had uh, university presidents putting the health of their universities b- before everything else. You had coaches wanting to coach football and players wanting to play as they should obviously that's how it works um and you have nobody agreeing you have nebraska using the 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 nugs guy the boneless nugs do as a as a pr stunt over freaking covid like you have all this insane things happening in the big 10 and just because the 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 pac-12 has one wild day in which Things are happening every 23 minutes, like we talked about in that timeline, and not everyone's on the same page because it's all happening that one day. Well, That's and, the reason the, the Pac-12 has egg on their face? And the, 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 the egg on the face of the Pac-12 had a lot, like, to me, it was egg on the face of the gov- California govern- governor yeah. for misrepresenting <laughs> sort of the facts of the situation, like. I don't know. And, and and even then, like I said, a, a governor that is dealing with more important yeah, things at the same time. Like, yeah, this is all this is all stupid it's a, yeah. to me. Like, uh, the the I think if you're a Pac-12 fan, I think you, 
there's plenty of reasons to feel confident in your conference right now because they did the right thing here, uh, which is and and I think this is the thing that needs to be un- needs to be said more than anything else. That we can say that about the Pac-12 is. Is insane. Yeah. Like, this is not well, the conference. Michael, that, 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 you knock know, on wood right now, though, because you know you are jinxing oh, the oh, crap out of this. Sure. Like, the Pac-12 yeah, like, is going to mess some stuff up. For, for sure. Like, I, <laughs> like I, I'm not carrying the water of the conference here because this is a conference that hasn't deserved its water to be carried. It has no trust earned. No. Like. But, but like, and that's what makes them, you know, handling this whole situation, uh, in general, uh, better than the the Big Ten, so mind-boggling, right? Because we think of the Big Ten as always having their crap together, and they well, clearly they no, didn't. They no longer have the commissioner who had the crap together, right? And, and so, and and it was a free for all. And, and not that I think that this was all Larry Scott's doing. I, I think it was mostly that this is the the, the Pac-12 being able to to be so cohesive. Am I getting out on a limb that like? And I, I have nothing to back this up. This uh, is just, going this is just my perception. Is it possible that USC now has some better leadership, and thus was able to take a like the, it, the it, initiative? Is my desire to credit Mike Bone here crazy? I think it might be slightly crazy, but I like don't think we know enough. It feels like the only thing that changed. Was this time around USC had some people who know what they're oh, doing? We, we know that that SC was was the school pushing the issue, right? Um, when push came to shove, and 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 they did so in in a smart way. We 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 know that for sure. But um, I, is that to say that that's that's strictly you know Mike Bone? Maybe maybe not. Either yeah, way, I, I know I, I think, I'm jumping the gun there. I just had e- to get it out there. Either way, I I think that. You know, this isn't me praising Larry Scott. I think more than anything, and and I've said this before that. Okay, here's the analogy. The, here's, here's, here's no, the, no, I got it. I got it. Here's the analogy. Yeah, I, I talk about before that the the quarterback didn't matter for for SC last year, mm-hmm. which was proved mostly wrong, by the way. Uh, but I don't think that the Pac-12 commissioner matters because of the the university presidents and the and the university CEOs and all that kind of stuff, right? And the 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 way that the conference carries itself from a university perspective um is stronger than anything a commissioner could do. And so I, I don't think that uh yeah, I think Larry Scott has had a bunch of missteps but like, do I think that things would be drastically different if there was another commissioner in here? No, I mean, it's, at well, the end of the day, Larry Scott keeps getting raises. It's not his fault that he's accepting raises. We all would accept raises. Well, Who but, are the people accepting? I mean, but giving him the raises. Well, exactly. Know? The people giving him the raises are the are the Pac-12 presidents, right? Who have had and, their and, heads stuck up their own butts for too long. And, like, and but for, for, for once, for they, they seem will. very united here. I think they're, but no, but I'm saying they're united more often than not. It just might not be in a, in a, in a path that, that people agree with. Well, what I'll say about Larry Scott here is. Because they value themselves as being a conference that is on par with the Ivy League. Right. But that's, that's besides the point that I want to make. The point I want to make is let's not get ahead of ourselves praising the Pac-12 too strongly here because literally all it took was the Pac-12 
making a decision and sticking with it. Like we're we're meeting bare minimum levels of for sure. competency. For sure. The fact that the the Pac twelve part of the reason the Pac twelve looked so competent was because the Big Twelve the Big Ten looked so incompetent. So like hundred percent. I don't think that this is some grand moment by and, Larry and Scott bringing everybody together. I think it's just like the I'm conference. Not saying it is, no, no. no I, I'm not saying you were. I'm just saying that like. This is what should always be happening in a conference, right. and regardless of For what sure. it is that we're talking about. You should always just well, present a united front. Like, that's the minimum thing you need to do. Right. But we, we get into the issue here where, um, and, and I think that, you know, SC has this uh, on their hands with, with Bone and, and Kara Folt and, and whatnot, where uh, anything that's different than, than the last regime and... It gets, also, can we hold it on? Gets praise or criticism based on that when well, yeah. rather than just being uh, criticized or praised for what it is in its own little bubble? Yeah. Can we just put to bed some really, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't even bring this up, but the vitriol that gets leveled at Carol Foltz is really disgusting to the, me at the times. The misogynistic vitriol? Uh, all of it, but particularly the misogynistic vitriol that gets lobbed at Carol Foltz. Yep. If USC. If Carol Folt didn't want USC football to play, if Mike Bone was actively seeking USC not to play, if Clay Helton was actively seeking USC not to play, they wouldn't have partnered up with UCLA on Wednesday night to get the approval from the county, uh, from LA County as quickly as they did. Like, stop it with these stupid conspiracy theories that USC's uh, leadership is, is, is trying to, you know, destroy the football program and all that, that crap. That's clearly not the case. Can we just put that to bed? Well, like I said before, you, you know what the 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 you know what the board of trustees and, and the university loves more than anything money. Yeah, money. And where do they get the money from? From football. Yes. Yeah, and and I I, I understand that like uh you know I guarantee the, you Carol Fult would love to make sure all of those new luxury suites at the Coliseum are, are sold every yes, single year for sure. Obviously, anyone would in in that situation. Um, and and if she if she didn't, she probably wouldn't have gone to a school like USC, right? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's an aside. Just had to get that out there. Cause all right, uh, let, let's go to a voicemail we got from uh, Scott in Memphis. You've got mail. Hey, uh, Michael and Alicia, this is Scott uh, from Memphis. Uh, you know, I left you a voicemail about two or three weeks ago about the Big Ten and uh, them reinstating their season so they can get into the college football playoff uh, situation. And, of course, you knew, of course, I was right at the time. And they finally released today, uh, it's Wednesday on the, the 16th, that they're going to start their season on the 23rd, 24th, which means basically, <clears throat> as you already know, uh, they're just going to shove in eight games plus a championship just so they can try to get Ohio State or some weird reason, some other team to get into the college football playoff. Where does that leave the Pac-12? Basically, as you can already imagine, and I, y'all need to be talking about this on a podcast. I'm sure you're about to go into the studio and do it either today or tomorrow. If the Pac-12 doesn't follow suit and do the same, shove in eight games by the 23rd. It's not because anybody thinks that a Pac-12 team's going to get into the playoff. Probably not a, not much chance. Maybe. Maybe Oregon. I don't know. But the, the season becomes pointless, as you can, uh, I'm sure, agree. 
if you don't play, if you play by yourself, which you would do anyway, it'd be in conference, but there's nothing to play for. So the season becomes lost, in my opinion. And I'm sure I would love to hear y'all discuss it, but uh, it's sad. The whole thing should never – August 11 should not have happened. Everybody should have been calm and sort of discussed it. And it, I don't understand the rush because canceling the season on August 11th, now you see that was an utter disaster. And I think it's Larry Scott's the Pac-12 commissioner. Larry, the Big Ten is not your friend. Everybody is looking out for themselves. So I don't know why the Pac-12 thought that, oh, the Big Ten's going to cover it. They're going to, no. So anyway, I love to hear it because this is going to be a massively developing story. But uh, the Pac-12 probably needs to announce in the next week that they're going to be on the 23rd, 24th as well because on, for October. Because if not, be very interesting to see the impact of it. Guys, I hope you all are well and safe and healthy, and I look forward to hearing you all. Bye. Thanks for the call, Scott. Uh, I, I, I feel like I stole some of your thunder a little bit earlier talking about my, the, my, my scheduling plan. I swear I hadn't heard your, uh, your voicemail. I tend not to hear the voicemails until Michael plays them as we're recording. So I swear I didn't, me under the bus. I didn't steal your idea, but you now know that we are on the same page. Uh, I believe that if the Pac-12 is going to make a rush to get back to play games this fall, the only reason to do so is to get on a timeline that lets them at least be in the conversation around the college football playoff, even if... Playoffs? All... Don't talk about playoffs? <laughs> you kidding me? Even if we all agree that the Pac-12 isn't putting a team in the college football playoff, I think the Pac-12 needs to be able to be ranked in the college football playoff rankings. The Pac-12 needs to be one of the Power 5 teams that are being considered in those rankings by the selection committee just for the perception of 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 the conference and and all of that um there the, the one you, you can put it easier they need to be eligible for, for a, a new year six bowl yes they need to be eligible because that's a big paycheck yes well uh, yes assuming that the new year six bowls happen but either way they need to be on the if the rest of the power five is playing then they need to be they can't be out alone on an island they need to get out there and play and and like i agree with here with scott if you start too late, then you are still out on an island. You're just out on an island while you're playing in November. Like the the point of it sort of ceases to exist. Like I said, you might as well just play in the spring with Mountain West uh, or, or with the FCS or, or whatever it is. Uh, the, the one area that I'll say there is still something to play for because you can still win the Pac-12 title. Like. Yeah, if you're I, USC, that, I don't that like still the idea matters, of, but, of national title or bust. Yeah, I, but uh, like in terms of perception, I think he's right on that. It's right. not national title or bust, but like you have to at least be on the timeline. But right. the, that doesn't mean that winning the Pac-12 wouldn't be irrelevant because, quite frankly, even if you got on the timeline, even if you were able to figure out a way to start on October 24th, you're probably still not going to end up with someone in the, in, the, in the playoff. So all there is literally still there is who wins the Pac-12. So like that that still has to count for something. But the the narratives and the perception and all of that will be something that if I'm the Pac-12, I don't want to fall into a situation where I'm not part of that conversation with the Power Five, where I'm just sort of like floating out on on my own. Um, the only other thing I'll say for for in response to Scott's uh, call, which was excellent, and 
hope you're also doing well and you and your family and everybody. But um, I, I, I get what he's saying about August 11th. I know he knows where we stand on that. But I guess my thing with that is even if the Pac-12 hadn't announced a cancellation, they're still not playing this weekend. Like they're still not playing next weekend or three weeks from now. So I don't know that it actually changes a lot for where the Pac-12 is or isn't. I, I think the biggest thing is they had to have something to show for it, right? Uh, and, and this is why I didn't like the whole conversation that uh, w- was being had a couple weeks ago. And I talked about this that on the last episode, the, the question of, well, d- did the Pac-12 and the Big Ten act too soon? And I talked about it then, like, we don't know if they acted too soon because we don't know what the results of it is. Uh, if the Pac-12 has something to show for it, and here we are, and they have new testing, if that's what they have to show for it, then that's something to show for it, right? Then it justifies being in the situation. Now, I think you could make the argument that they could have gotten that testing without the pause, but also, um, even if would they it? even if they wouldn't have paused, we're, we're talking about, what, a couple of weeks? That's really the only difference because the the original schedule was going to start what September twenty sixth, and they had already talked about how SC and UCLA were probably not going to play the first two games, right? Yeah, and, and so you put that back. We're we're talking about two weeks, well, potentially that- two two weeks that, that that was you you trade two weeks for being able to get the test, and I think you do that. Well, and that's the thing. In, in hindsight, not that you knew that going in. Would it would it have been better? to go through the entirety of August and most of September every single week saying, yeah, USC still can't practice. Yeah, USC still can't practice. Yep, USC still can't practice. I think the practice. inaction would have looked worse. Yeah. Now, the the only th- the, the thing I will consider and concede is that maybe if every week they had had to deal with the announcement of, well, we got to push back practice again, we got to pu- maybe they would have been more proactive right. in, hey, California can we have a can we have a chat right now? Yeah. Uh, but then again, they would have had to cancel practice for a week anyways because of the fires. So yeah, l- l- like you know, said it's before, complex. I, I would have been fine with, with them, you know, holding off because they they still had time to to hold off. Anyways. Yeah, I think I think that's that that is a given. They had time, but I don't to think wait. that we, I, I, especially knowing what we know now, I think we can definitively say it wasn't the wrong decision. Now, here's what I want to know: What if in an alternate universe where the Pac-12 had been more concerned with what the Big 12 did or the ACC did than the Big 10. What if the Pac-12 had waited a week and said, whenever the Big 10 makes their decision, we're going to go the next week. And if they had made it through those seven days, would they have been on a different path where they would have said, you know what, the ACC and the Big 12 are not pushing, are are, are not going to gonna cancel here. Let's just bide our time here and wait and how would the perception change but like i said then you're just gonna have to deal with the pac-12 canceling games every week for three and, weeks and when do they get the testing like like did yeah. did, did them shutting things down did they know that the allow testing... them to get the testing quicker i, yeah, don't, know. I don't know I, I don't know that quite. i don't know if anyone has that answer but um e- either way i think when you look at it they, they shut things down they got the testing they're coming back um, or presumed to come back here, or jump in the gun a little bit, um, and I, I, I think that's fine. I, I, this is this is going to be a situation where 
yeah, you're, you're not going to have the 10-game schedule that, that you wanted. Um, that's a bummer. I, I think the other thing is, um, and this sucks, that you have to go on the timeline of everybody else because it would be, I would totally be fine with the Pac-12 saying, you know what, we're going to have a 10-game schedule. We're still going to play the 10 games. Uh, and then make the play appeal. Play into January? Play into January or something. Like, make the the appeal to the college football playoff to, to, to change their schedule. If, Which, if it not wasn't that they're the going Pac-12, to listen. they're going to listen. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 it would be one of those situations where again, what is stopping those bowl games from you know taking place there? Like even even the SEC, uh, the, their conference championship game is two weeks before uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, so even they could would benefit by those games being delayed. Oh, the absolutely. Only re- the only reason again goes back to tradition. Tradition. Yeah, like people don't want things to not be normal. Yeah. But they they absolutely should. But it's twenty twenty and nothing's normal anyway. Yeah, you you need to accept this fact. Right. The SEC is starting on September twenty sixth. Like the, the NHL right now, and, and the NBA is going to get there. But the the NHL, uh, the, they're going into the Stanley Cup Finals, right? Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals will be concluding a season that will have began more than a year ago. Yeah. When you include like the preseason. Yeah. No, it, it's an unusual time and the pact and the, and the playoffs should accommodate that and i wonder if it's almost too late because the big 10 the big 10 i think could have pushed the issue i think the big 10 could have said hey we want to have a bye week in here so you're going to need to move that stuff down a week because you want ohio state in your playoff don't you um the pac-12 doesn't have that that uh that right. same leverage but you know maybe maybe if the college football playoff is so concerned with keeping the, the, the sort of power five situation going, uh, maybe they'd, they'd push back a week, but... Uh. I'm not saying that they were listening to Pac-12. I, I, yeah. Mostly, like, I think that we, we shouldn't just... I would prefer the... And this isn't going to happen, but, like, I would prefer, like you said, Pac-12, just play 10 games. Play into January. Then you get all those January Saturdays to yourself. <laughs> Primetime. Can, can you imagine the, the, the people roasting Larry Scott over having a season in which there was no opportunity to go to... Like, in, in a se- season like that, because I I, I agree that, like, it, it would be it would be interesting to just play your own thing just, just for the hell of it. But, like... The the it would be a PR disaster for the Pac-12 to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's why I said they're, they're absolutely not going to do it. But it would be fun if they were willing to. Yep. Uh, last thing to get to before we uh, wrap this thing up, uh, we did get a text message from the analyst. Uh, this comes uh, like a week and a half ago. Uh, uh, it's a super long text message. Uh, we're, we're 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 not ignoring it. Um, just things have, have definitely changed in uh, in in what's going on with with college football, uh, and it was a link to a New York Times article about coronavirus testing. Uh, it started the text from the analyst starts with, given that both of you have expressed dismay about people who want to see college football this season, um, to which I I think both of us have the rebuttal of there's 
we want to see colorful yeah, both uh, I think that's a, like, that's a misread of how we feel. Just just yeah. because just because you know we're 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 taking uh, COVID nineteen seriously and um, yeah. and putting the health of the we think that the health of their players uh, and and their families and everyone on campus is is, is paramount. That doesn't necess- that doesn't mean that we don't want to see college. We want to see college football. We want to see college football done safely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like the, I mean, they're not the, mutually exclusive the, ideas. They, they, and they shouldn't be. And like, j- just to to be fair here, I am supremely uncomfortable with the idea of CTE and For that sure. underlying yeah. thing that's happening in, in, in football. And yet I continue to watch it every year and I continue to cover it. Like, so like I've sat here and said that I really wish they'd move to soft helmets or take pains to try and, you know, do do the panel helmets, like, all those kinds of things. I don't like the band doing the counter march and I still watch the well, band. <laughs> this is... Then that is one of your worst takes. But yes, this is true. Um, so, yeah, like you can feel uncomfortable with something. You can disagree with the way that it's done. I disagree with a lot of the things that are done in college football, but that doesn't mean that I'm anti-college football. I just I just would like college football to work out as safely as possible and as best as possible for all involved. And I I think this goes without saying that for for the health of the podcast. For the health yeah. of our, no our, our, you know, livelihood, everything is better if culturable exists. So why wouldn't we want culturable to exist? So, like I said, I am extremely, extraordinarily excited for the prospect of Halloween Pac-12 football. Oh, you know what's great about pa- the, <sighs> the the games you, on Halloween? You, you won't have to deal with Halloween. Hell yes, because screw Halloween. It's a stupid holiday. It is the worst. It's the best. It's no. my favorite holiday, and you no. are the worst. It is the worst. It's the absolute worst. Dia de los Muertos sucks too. I don't celebrate Dia Dia de los Muertos. I don't. So. I, I like, like. I find those those skeleton. My family very always went and got donuts on all souls day which i think is dia de los muertos you and your family's tra- you have a tra- tradition have for everything how do you everything. keep up with all these traditions i don't know <laughs> hey the do- you, you, the you tradition where you get donuts is not a bad tradition i'm not saying it is i, I think i think it's kind of cool I, I i think that your family is like the big 10 there's there's like a <laughs> there's like leaders and legends no I'm, I'm saying like Wait, hold on. Michigan and Indiana have a trophy? (laughs) Why do they have a trophy? why? Yeah. Wait, Michigan and Minnesota are playing for the the Little Brown Jug? Like, why? Because it's tradition. Okay, cool. All right. True story. I'm not hating. I'm I'm just saying. Anyways, that's going to wrap up the pod. Football is back. Coming back. uh, Which means... Now's the time to go over to good old Patreon, patreon.com slash of Troy, where you can get all of our bonus content, including an episode we are going to record later today, Thursday, the day that you're probably listening to this with our pal Jake Merrifield from the What's Bruin Show. We'll talk about his reactions to college football coming back. Uh, we're also going to record another Only Skinnect, our nerdy, 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 difficult USC game show. Uh, and then, you know, college football coming back means... Means we're going to actually previews. do the position previews. Because there might not be a college football season, but we'll sure act like there is. You got to change a, that. No, it's a thing of the past now. It is a thing of the past. Yeah. And, and by the way, 
Keely still has not still, listened to it. She hates us, Michael. It's, just, it's, we know we know it, how she feels about us. Still, it's fine. If you guys are still listening at this point, <laughs> go tweet at Keely is my name. Why do you refuse to listen to Rain of Trey Radio? You know, go tweet her this. You should absolutely do this, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tell her actually, tweet verbatim. Watch Less Angels. Listen to more rock. There you go. Watch Less Angels. Listen to more rock. It'll make you happier. It would. It would improve her self-esteem. Yeah. Er, not self-esteem. Her, her mood. Her mood. Yes, her absolutely. Mood. Her self-esteem she'd, is probably great. She'd, she'd be a happier human. Well, she has tons of reasons to be high on self-esteem. She's awesome. Yeah. But her mental health, her, her, be her happiness would be greatly improved if she listened yes. to us as opposed to watch the angels. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, again, bonus episodes, patreon.com slash random Troy is where you can get all of those uh, for as little as five fifty five a month, all of our bonus content. Uh, if you want to listen to our main shows ad-free, you can do that for three thirty three. But hey, just for $2.22 more cents at five fifty five, you get the bonus content and the main shows for uh, ad-free episodes. Uh, 10 bucks, you get to join our Slack channel, talk to us, and talk to about us as but much, much as much football as you want, especially since it's again likely coming back. Even though our luck, really, let's be honest, we re- put up this episode on Thursday morning, and then it comes out Thursday. That uh, just kidding. Yeah, there, there's no football. Yeah. 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 Anyways, at that point, then we just go back to trying to buy a PlayStation Five on pre-order. <laughs> that that becomes our full-time job, just yeah. trying to buy a PlayStation Five. Yeah. Right. Anyone, if anyone knows how to do, how to get one, hit us up. Hook us up. If you're listening, uh, uh, if you have an uncle who, who works for for uh, uh, Sony over in in Japan, you know, hook us up. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't say no. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, until then, we're gonna catch you. Until next week. See ya. See ya. See ya. Even sooner on, on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Ramtra. See ya. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.